interested in how you can grow your business through mergers and acquisitions, this is absolutely for you. If you're in a, a role in a corporate organization and you actually have the responsibility for growth, then again, this could be a really good way for you to fast track that growth. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So what are we gonna be talking about today is mergers and acquisitions and demystifying those mergers and acquisitions. So it's all about buying and selling businesses and what you can do to have a very successful merger or acquisition process. So if you are a business owner or maybe you work for a corporate organization, you're interested in how you can grow, there are two choices for you essentially. You can either grow organically by just continuing to invest in the business that you have and grow that way, or another way to fast track the growth is to actually either merge with another other organization or to acquire another business. So what I'm going to focus on today is the mergers and acquisitions side. And I'm going to demystify some of that for you. So, you know, if you are interested in how you can grow your business through mergers and acquisitions, this is absolutely for you. If you're in a, a role in a corporate organization and you actually have the responsibility for growth, then again, this could be a really good way for you to fast track that growth. So grab a pen and paper if you haven't already. I'm going to share with you some tips and also keeping it real you know brave bold brilliant is all about sharing ideas information content that's going to help you scale up for yourself and for your business and for your career but in a real way so you know for those of you that don't know i've been in business for 30 years i have done lots of mergers and acquisitions through that time when i was the managing director of the emerging markets for TUI, i was bought businesses sold businesses china india russia ukraine brazil and then today i do a lot of advisory work in particular with private equity houses that are looking to buy a business. So I, I come at from it from both sides, the buy side and the sell side within a corporate, but also within private equity and also for SME business owners that I also work with. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take you through five key tips about demystifying M&A and uh, also just how you can put that into practice in a very practical way to help you have a successful growth journey through mergers and acquisitions. So first of all, if you're not following me on social media, please do check out Jeanette Linfoot and let's connect, you know, let's keep it real. If you're listening to this on the podcast and you're not yet subscribed to Brave Bold Brilliant, please do. Again, you will then get notified when every single episode comes out. And, you know, please do connect, share. If I can help you in any way, maybe you have some questions that you want some support with, then don't hesitate to actually reach out to me. So M&A, the first thing I would say in terms of demystifying M&A, the things that people don't tell you is be clear on the reason for the deal in the first place and also the importance of negotiation. So being clear on the deal, why are you looking to buy or merge with a business in the first place? Now, what I've seen through my 30 years in business is very often what happens is everyone gets overexcited about the deal itself, bringing it over the line, you know, all of the negotiations, due diligence, all of that exciting process. But very often, you know, we haven't given full consideration in terms of why. 
Why are you buying that business? You know, is it because it allows you to enter a new territory? Is it because you want to take a competitor out of the market? Is it because there's some IP, intellectual property, or maybe it's that you're, you know, you're buying a new product or service? You know, so there'll be many, many reasons why it would make sense to either merge or acquire a business. But being clear on that upfront is so important because once you've got that business over the line, what the hell are you going to do with it? Right. So it's so important to understand that up front when you're actually looking at your options. So getting super clear on your reason why. And then, of course, the importance of negotiation. You know, at the end of the day, you need to be able to understand your own position, either as a buyer or seller, but also the position of the person on the opposite side of the table. You know, so if you're looking to acquire a business or merge with a business, you know, having a good understanding of what the priorities are for the seller, why they want to sell, what they're trying to achieve is going to help you a lot more with the negotiation itself. You know, where does the leverage sit? Who needs to buy or sell more? You know, will actually, you know, put you in a position to negotiate in the right way in the context of what you're trying to achieve strategically overall. So that's point number one reason for the deal and the approach and importance of negotiation in the process. The second myth that I'm going to demystify for you, you know, is around how long it takes. Now, to do a successful merger or acquisition, it will vary significantly. However, what I can tell you is it always takes a lot longer than you anticipate. Now, that can range from anything through, I don't know, four to six months, for example, for a straightforward deal. But if this is a complex deal that you're trying to get over the line, maybe it's global business that you're looking to merge with or acquire. Well, then, you know, it, the process can be quite elongated. So it's very important you're aware of that up front um, because you're going to need to put some dedicated resources behind this. And I'm going to come to that in a little while as a point. But there is distraction when you're looking to buy a business or, or merge with another business. There is distraction and that can go on for quite some time. So you need to be prepared for that. It is often not a straightforward or fast process at all. So be aware of that. Now, when I was at TUI uh, and I, I was a product director for First Choice, the merger between First Choice and the tourism division of TUI AG, bear in mind, First Choice was a FTSE uh, listed business. TUI AG was listed in Germany, massive organizations. That deal actually took about six weeks, which was record time. Now, there was a whole bunch of reasons behind that. But Peter Long, who was a group CEO leading that, you know, he had a very, very fast time frame that needed to be done. So that's quite extreme. But normally large, large deals can take a lot longer. So time. Point number three, due diligence is everything. Right. Do not underestimate how important due diligence is. It's so critical that if you're buying a business, you know what you're buying. If you're selling a business, you know where your value is, what you actually bring to the table to any potential buyers. 
So due diligence and actually making sure that is done properly is well prepared. You know, you will need a lot of resources very often, depending on the size of the organization. But due diligence is an absolute critical part of buying and selling businesses. So due diligence, I mean, I could do a whole masterclass just on this topic alone. Um, but just to give you a flavor, you know, essentially what due diligence is, is where you're getting a very thorough understanding of the business before anything is formally actually acquired or merged with, right? Because once you've bought it, once you've agreed a price and all the legals teams have done their magic and the contracts is signed, that's it, you're in. Whereas through the due diligence process, you're able to really gain a clear understanding. And often what can happen is you may uncover certain things through that process that affect the valuation, right? And that could either be a positive impact on the valuation or a negative impact on the valuation. So due diligence, it typically will cover, you know, the core functions, the core areas of the business. So finance, tax, legal, um, commercial, HR, people, IT, you name it, a whole, you know, marketing, brand, etc. So all of those core functions that exist within most businesses, we all need to be getting under the absolute detail of that, right? And in my experience of doing deals for God, the last 20 years, um, often an area that is neglected through the due diligence process is actually HR, or you might call it talent and culture in your organization, but the people due diligence is often less focused on, which is incorrect and will often be the thing that trips you up post deal, right? So it's so important. You need to know how effective is the board? What's the succession planning? How are people re um, rewarded and recognized? Where are the flight risks in the business? Have you got single points of failure with individuals that maybe hold a lot of power, but if they leave, they're actually going to leave a, a significant risk to the business. So due diligence, um, preparation. If you're selling the business, having all of your key documents, all very rigorously um, pulled together is going to help with that time process, but also it's going to help you as a seller know where your value is, know how you can actually position the business, etc. As a buyer, you need to know what you're buying, right? So DD can be quite um, an involved process. You know, it wouldn't be untypical to have a whole big data room, for example, which securely holds all the files that the advisors can then work through. And you would normally have a whole bunch of questions that if you're buying the business, you are actually asking the seller about, which they need to respond either with the relevant documents or by having you know meetings with the senior leadership team, et cetera. But DD is full on. Do not underestimate what's involved with that. Um, be well organized, be well prepared, have the documents, make sure you're preempting all the kind of questions because if you miss something uh, after the deal is done, the deal is done, right? So due diligence. Right, number four, people come first. <laughs> it sounds obvious, right? But as I say, when any mergers and acquisitions activity is happening, very often what goes on is everyone's concerned about the numbers, the commercials, the market share, all of that good stuff. And they don't think about the team as much. Now, I've talked about HR in the context of due diligence, but actually when you're putting 
you know, your people through this. It's so important to know who is who is actually, you know, going to be leading the business going forward, for example. Who's the successor? If you are a business owner and you're looking to sell your business, who's going to run it once you've gone? Because that is going to affect the valuation. It's going to affect who buys it, whether it's a trade buyer or whether it's a private equity, for example. Again, you know, succession planning, being very, very clear on the board, the board effectiveness. You know, is this a high performing board? Have you got the right governance in place, et cetera? You know, um, obviously, if you're merging as well with a, you know, between two organizations coming together, it's not an acquisition. You may have two very different cultures. In fact, I would say 99% of times you will have different cultures. So what does that mean for the new combined entity going forward? You know, how does that kind of reconcile not only with the strategy and the business objectives, but also how the team is going to gel together? So huge amount around people, you know, so people are everything. Thing because at the end of the day, we are only individuals, but it's our teams that actually will deliver and take forward those results and come together. 50% of mergers and acquisitions fail, right? They fail, they don't get over the line, which is why it's so important that you put attention to these key topics before you even start, right? Because we want a successful process that has a win-win on both sides, Right, the last point I'm going to cover, point number five in terms of demystifying M&A, deal team, right? You are going to need a dedicated deal team. And this does not matter if you're a small business or you're a significantly large business. Now, the size of that team clearly is going to differ um, depending on the complexity. But the principles are you're going to need some dedicated resources on this, right? And, you know, obviously, when you're going through a mergers and acquisitions process, there is massive sensitivity around this. So you need to keep a very tight-knit group. They need to be under NDA, so having signed non-disclosure agreements. It might be that, you know, in an organization, you're still trading that business, right? You've got to operate day to day. You do not want all of your team distracted. Um, so very often you don't actually necessarily want your team, the broader team, to even know you're going through a process. But you will definitely need some key individuals, certainly finance, you know, your CFO, your FD would be part of that team, the CEO, um, clearly. Probably HR would be involved as well at a most senior level. But then you're going to have an extension of advisors. OK, so you need experts on your team, whether that comes to tax, legal, financial, uh, corporate finance, uh, structuring, etc. But the other area that can be very, very useful, and this is often the role that I play in mergers and acquisitions currently with my advisory business, is to have an industry expert. Someone that is able to support you through the process in a neutral way and is able to assess a business, both in terms of the risks, but also the opportunities for growth and the strategy post acquisition. So having that team around you, absolutely critical. And you might need to backfill some roles in your existing organization in order to free up those resources and then confidentially have them working on the deal itself. And bear in mind what I said on point number two around the process can take quite some time. So, you know, if you're a small business, it might be that people can only have a proportion of their time allocated to this. That makes it even more challenging, to be honest. So 
demystifying M&A, mergers and acquisitions can be a great way to scale up fast, to grow very, very fast. I actually interviewed Gerald Ratner for the podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, um, a while ago. Our Gerald Ratner was the largest jewellery business across the whole of Europe and America in the 90s. And he owned eight Samuel, um, Ratners, uh, Watches of Switzerland, a whole portfolio of of different jewellery business portfolio. Gerald um, made a big PR gaffe that essentially really um, devalued the business significantly. That's a tale for another time. But when I was interviewing Gerald, what he he's a very big fan of growth through acquisition. And that's how he actually created the, the largest jewellery business um, across the whole of Europe and America back then. So, you know, it can be a great way to scale up, but you need to be going into it knowing where the risks are, the process, what you need to do to plan effectively. So just to recap on the five demystifying points for M&A, number one, understand the reason why you're actually looking to acquire or buy or sell or merge. Um, And also what that means in terms of your negotiating position. That's point number one. Point number two, it takes time. The process can be lengthy. Be prepared for that. Point number three, Due diligence is everything. You must do a very thorough job here on both sides of the table. Point number four, people first. You know, people are the essence, the lifeblood of any business. So you need to have a really clear focus on your people. And then point number five, you've got to have the right deal team around you. So I hope that's to share those points, because as I say, I've learned this through direct process myself of having done lots of mergers and acquisitions and also advising businesses now and also working with private equity significantly in the space so it's a great way to grow go into it with your eyes open be clear on what you want have the right resources and team with you and it can be a fantastic way to to really take your business to the next level so whatever you're doing remember this is a great example actually by being brave and bold that you're going to unlock your brilliance So remember, there are no limits. And, you know, whatever you're doing today, just live your best life. Go for it, uh, but do it in the right way. So take care, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And yeah, you know, connect. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.